What is up, everybody? We're back again. Another fan section short coming your way. Um, this one is going to be basically all of the aftermath of, well, not aftermath, because there's still going to be coaches that are going to be newly named in different different colleges. Um, this one's basically going to be about the recap of all the coaches that we've seen that have actually gotten new jobs. Um, they're paying out the ass for a lot of these coaches. Uh, some of them are worth it, some of them aren't. Um, but yeah, that's what this episode is going to be about. Uh, once again, though, this is the fan section for fans by fans. For, sorry, this is the fan section brought to you for fans by fans from across the college landscape. From section 100 to section 300, bleachers down to the suites. Welcome, everybody. Uh, that is Tyson. I'm Alan. It is two dudes talking college, dropping knowledge. Before we get started, we'd like to ask you to go over to our Twitter handle, uh, the fan section, our Instagram, which is the fan section. And if you want to get in the mailbag, the fan section one at gmail.com. So, kind of messed up at the beginning, but that's okay. Uh, we'll just keep rolling with it. So, the highest paid coaches now, well, you have this list of, of coaches that are now 1 through, I think, 10. Yeah, and we don't have to go through all 10. I, I was just doing a little side-by-side. -side. Coming into the season, this 2021 season, your top, let's say, four head coaches yeah. pay per year. Nick Saban, Alabama, $9.3 million per year. That's crazy. Number two, Ed Orgeron, LSU, $8.9 million a year. Mm -hmm. And he's gone. But we all we all said that this is probably the year if he doesn't. I mean, I had a feeling he was on the hot seat. And you thought I was kind of crazy for that. Well, that, year. that <laughs> goes to, I mean, you know the SEC much better than I do. That goes to something you were saying about his replacement in Brian Kelly, that that may not be, have been a no. good call. Yeah, I, yeah, not at all. I, th I think he has three years minimum. But then <laughs> then uh, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, $8.3 million. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, eight million per year. He's earned that contract this year. Those, <laughs> those were the top four paid head coaches coming into the season. Yeah. Two others of note: the eighth highest paid uh, head coach, Gary Patterson, TCU, was also fired. And your guy at number nine, <laughs> Dan Mullen at Florida. Uh, yeah, we called that after week three. Um, but yeah, so it's absolutely nuts right now because Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly and Mel, well we can include Mel Tucker in this but we, he's, he took the job over so but James Franklin got an extension um, but the two biggest names obviously is Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma which I never thought would happen like this is a team that's about to go to the SEC they're about to expand the playoffs they have everything kind of shaped up for this potential you know run really at the SEC like, I mean I'm not saying Oklahoma's going to win the SEC I don't think they ever will. I think they'll come close a couple times, but I still think that based on the pods or how they set up the divisions, you still have a, a dynasty building in Georgia. You still have a dynasty in Alabama. You have Florida, who's always really good. You know, this is just kind of an off year for them, really is. And then you have LSU. I mean, there's a lot of very good teams in the SEC when it comes to, and then Oklahoma's joining. Um, and Oklahoma doesn't have a defense, right? So I was really shocked that Riley left for USC. And... I just I, I when I heard the news I was like okay and then as soon as he left five four star recruits left yeah. like the number one receiver uh, in 2023 Malik or uh, yeah uh, was it Malachi yeah it was Ma Malachi's no. the five star quarterback yeah no, it was the quarterback that left but there was I think it was like Jamarius something I, he left here he decommitted uh -huh. um, but he was the number one ranked receiver in 2023 so he's gone he's he might go to USC but I doubt it if he's if he's being recruited in that kind of area. He's probably likely sitting in the Big 12. Maybe even potentially Alabama or Georgia can come in and swoop in and get him. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of recruits have left, already decommitted. Um, 
Hazelwood is going to is already in the portal. Caleb Williams is expected to join the port. Spencer Rattler is already in the portal. Uh-huh. There's just been a huge after ripple effect that Lincoln Riley has caused. But I want to kind of flip gears to the recruiting. He is a very good recruiter. He really is. And the fact that he's able to now kind of solely focus on California, he's kind of owned Colorado. Like, he always gets mm-hmm. the best recruits, like as we saw saw Chuck in Arizona. Atlanta. Arizona, he's able to focus on. Um, he He's kind of still in that Midwest, and he can move up. Like, if he saw a really good player in Washington, he might go get him. You know what I mean? Like So I don't think this is bad. This The point of this move is USC is like... We need someone who can recruit the state. We need someone who can actually bring USC back to relevance. And we said earlier in the in the, in the season um, that USC is kind of always one of those teams. It's like two or three losses that could be wins that are honestly away from eleven one or twelve and one season. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think I think with this, you don't have to worry about defense in the Pac twelve. You know what I mean? Like, I I just. I'm not expecting them to win it next year, but I think in the year after, USC is actually going to be back to what they were because of the class that he's bringing in. Yeah, I, I had two major takeaways for me. One being, and you know, I, I'm a Pac-12 guy, Colorado fan, mm-hmm. uh, and I harp on all the time how they you you can just tell by their actions they are not committed to being serious. They're yeah. not committed to be being contenders mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. This is a first shot across the bow where USC said, uh, prior to this, coming into the season, the highest paid coach in the Pac-12 was uh, Chip Kelly, and he was like 18th or something like that. USC came out, guns a-blazing. They said, we are getting the hottest coach on the market right now. We are serious. I think this this really does a lot for the Pac-12 as far as their image. And then the second thing... And you'll have to tell me what you think. But I think there are kind of two factors to Lincoln Riley accepting this job. Number one is obviously money. We were oh, talking, yeah. of, we were talking about... <laughs> oh, yes. Of I mean, course it's money. <laughs> they, USC bought out both of his houses in I mean, Norman. Like they, Norman or L.A.? That's, right? Where do you, where would you rather be? Anybody in the whole wide world would probably say L.A. if they could afford it. And on top of this... Who wants to live in yeah. Norman? Come no, on. Well, well, I Stop mean... Stop it. I mean, if you're getting paid $5 million a year. Yeah, cool. You could, yeah, in the oil field. But if you're a college football coach, where would you rather be? <clears throat> well, obviously, Lincoln Riley would rather be in <laughs> L.A. But so it's roughly $11 million a year. Mm-hmm. They, bought, they bought him, in addition to that, a $6 million home in L.A. Yeah. Um, and then the private jet you were talking about. They're, they're, yeah, you can use that. Any, so, yeah, when, when I saw the rumor of this, I was like, okay, I have to share this. Like... The fact that they're building or they're buying him, I thought they were building him a six million dollar home. I thought that was my mistake. I said building him, meaning, I mean, honestly, you get ten million a year, you can build your house wherever you want. They, like, they you can may buy an island. That may, that may be, you may be correct, but I that. thought they were building him a that, six million dollar home. That may be correct. Uh, but they, yeah, they bought both of his homes in Norman for five hundred k. Above the asking price, right. so the, he could have been listing it for two hundred thousand. So like, this is basically like, okay, this is your bonus for this coming year, your incentive because you obviously everybody probably thought that Oklahoma was going to be in the Final Four or whatever. Um, but this is basically think of it in terms of like bull wins. They get incentive. We don't even know what the incentive for a bull win would be. We don't know what the incentive for a playoff mm-hmm. appearance would be for USC. But I, but they get ten or they get twelve million a year. The conference does whenever they have a team representing in the playoff. So, prob- I'm, I'm guessing probably half of that goes to Lincoln Riley himself. 
like for a bowl playoff or for a for a playoff appearance. So there's a ton of incentives probably likely hidden in this contract as well. Um, and the use of the private jet, that's something that like a lot of coaches do do. Um, they'll use a private jet and like for recruits or like, like I think Kirby. that was part of Mel Tucker's deal when he left Colorado. Yeah, too. yeah. Kirby Smart uses a helicopter like for for recruits close to him, mm-hmm. like in Georgia or Alabama. He'll fly he'll fly a helicopter to the stadium that they're playing in, park it, watch the game, and then just take off in a helicopter. Which I mean, come on, if you're a five star recruit, that's pretty freaking cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like there was a lot of coaches will use the private jet and they'll fly it, like they'll give you an aerial tour of the, of like, so there's a, a famous like video of um, Dabo Sweeney getting DJ Yui U- Ungalale. He's in the private jet with him and he's like, this is where you're going to be throwing touchdowns, like above the stadium as they're doing like an aerial tour. So that was like <laughs> pretty cool. So you can just feel like obviously the jet, but boosters in California, I'm actually shocked that it wasn't more. You know what I mean? Like, I know this yeah. is a lot of money. It sounds like, I think that that's a great point. It sounds like that's how this happened was basically, yeah. and that's Mike Bone, the AD out there now. Now He used to be the AD at Colorado. Mm-hmm. It sounds like boosters basically came to him and said, listen, we will put up what we have to put up. You need to go get. <laughs> Ten of us will give you a million dollars. And 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 <laughs> in the interview I watched with Lincoln Riley, I think he was on Colin Coward's show. Yeah. It sounds like he wasn't. He, I mean, when he went into that meeting with them, he was planning on staying in Oklahoma, and they basically just opened the Brinks truck. For yeah, him. they bro- they bought him a Brinks warehouse, yeah. and they said, we're going to fill this to the brim. Do what But I think want. there's a second aspect <laughs> to this, and you're going to like this, but yeah. I, is that I don't think it's a coincidence that this is happening right before Oklahoma joins the SEC. Why? Because I think Lincoln Riley looks at the Pac-12 and says... I can win easily. I can make, like he's done with Oklahoma, I can make the playoff almost every year. If, yeah, just one loss, be beat Oregon for sure. So this is a contract. So, like, let me kind of lay out the parameters of what I think this contract meaning is. So, like, with Jim Harbaugh, he was signed to beat Ohio State and Michigan State every single year, right? That's what you do with that job. USC's, the, the whole point was the boosters and alumni miss what happened in 2001. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what do we have to do to get a Reggie Bush, a Matt Leinart, a typical... We're going to bring in the coach that knows how to build Heisman quarterbacks. Well, now they can pay the players legally. Exactly. So. But that's another thing. It's like, <laughs> we're going to bring in a coach that we know that's had two Heisman-winning quarterbacks, mm-hmm. kind of back-to-back, yeah, and, then we, and then another third that, honestly, Jalen Hurts probably could have won it. Yeah. Or he was in the conversation for winning it. Oh, yeah. Caleb Williams was in the conversation for winning it. If Caleb Williams follows Lincoln Riley to USC, Slovis will enter the transfer portal the day of. Guaranteed. He would have to because Slovis is already the backup. Play. Yeah, he's not going to play. He's already the backup to Jackson Dart out there. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the five-star recruit Malachi Nelson coming yeah. in. I mean, he decommits from Oklahoma, and he gave a verbal to USC. So, yeah. like, obviously he's following Lincoln Riley, uh, which is a great thing. And we talked about this earlier. Like, what if James Franklin left Penn State? Would that impact the recruits? No, because if he's recruiting in Pennsylvania, and depending on if he went to mm-hmm. Florida, he's not going to now, obviously, because he took that extension. But if he went to Florida, that's a very long road trip for a lot of families. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but these guys are from the LA area. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you're able. You're also looking at Hawaii, like mm-hmm. some of those big, Samoan massive human mm-hmm. Samoans. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. there's there's just a lot of potential to be for USC right now, and I think USC. It, I, I was just kind of shocked because USC wasn't the job for me. I thought LSU and Florida was like 
the two premier top jobs. I, that's why I'm saying it's he wanted to avoid the SEC. Yeah, you're right. Is he running from it? Everybody was insane. He's been running from the SEC. I think, and I was like, I man, think you're that, about to join it. You leave. I think that might be a, a little bit strong, but yeah. I think it's he was asked that. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, that was not a fact." Of course, he's going to decline it, but he was also saying, "No, I'm Oklahoma for life." I mean, they say what they have to say, but another thing is like, yeah, you mentioned NIL. Like NIL mm-hmm. is going to be absolutely huge, and you're in a bigger market in LA. Everything is in LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm a recruit or if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm making a phone call to LeBron James and be like, "Hey, man, like, can we get in on your brand?" Oh, I think I think if I got like Malachi Williams or if I got Jordan Hazelwood to come over to USC, mm-hmm. like. Can you hook him up with an agent real quick? You know what I mean? Like, the sky's the limit for Lincoln Riley. Well, I'm, I think if you'd be naive if you thought that those guys aren't already reaching out to him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Snoop Dogg, all these guys. Man. I guarantee Will Ferrell, I can guarantee you. Well, Snoop Dogg's already got his little pipeline for the middle schoolers, you know what I mean? Like, And he's doing some good things in, in that link. But moving on, we will talk about this clown. And I'm playing this music because... I can't stand Brian Kelly. <laughs> this is clown. This well, is he killed clown. a kid. So. How he did. How he did. How he left. All right, listen, listen, folks. This is what Brian Kelly is. He's, he's a fucking clown. I can't. I can't stand him. Um, I also have a massive hate toward Notre Dame, but now I actually might like him because Brian Kelly's leaving. But this guy gets paid a hundred million. You know, his contract is a hundred million, ten million a year. Uh, with incentives, actually, probably is uh, what 16, 17 million. <laughs> I mean, the rumors are real high <laughs> at LSU. He's about to be the highest paid coach. LSU did the same thing. He said, "What do we need to repeat of what happened two years ago?" They, they were paying Ed Orgeron almost want, nine million. They this want year. consistency yeah. with him. They don't want just um, one lightning in a bottle, Joe Burrow year with a Heisman. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they want consistent. Winning ten, they want consistent beating Bama. They want consistent beating Georgia. They want consistent SEC East title or West titles, um, which is which is great. Strive for that. And if you're in the AD and boosters come to you and you say this is what we need and they give it to you, awesome. And you know I'm, I'm not faulting the, the athletic department at LSU at all. What I'm faulting is Brian Kelly for texting his players saying I'm taking this job. K okay, bye. Right. Like, dude, have the decency. You went to these kids' houses. And you sat with their parents and you told them, I'm going to do this for your kids. Not only are they going to become academic geniuses, they're going to get one. Of, they're going to get a degree from the highest, probably second highest um, public school that can play, play Division One, right? Stanford. I mean, you could talk about Harvard, Princeton. Oh, I'm talking, about, academics. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about sure. uh, academics compared with sure. sports. You Man, know what I mean? Notre is always up there with Stanford well, like, as far as sports, good, right? But, yeah. No, no, no. But I'm saying like... Mm-hmm. Like outside of the Harvard, the Ivy League schools, sure. the non-Ivy League highest potential for going to the NFL as well as getting a top class degree. Yeah. So you're sitting in their living room and you're saying, "I'm going to take care of your kids. I'm going to I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to turn them into men." And then you turn around and you text them, have the decency to call a team meeting and say, "Hey guys, I know that you've heard that I'm leaving, but I want to give you the respect and pride." Of saying this is why I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go into full details about it. Just be a man, address it face to face. Yes, and show yeah. them. And you, again, if if LSU ever plays Notre Dame, like if I'm the athletic director, I, I don't I don't remember who they hired. Have they hired anybody yet? No, they haven't. There's rumors Luke Fickle. Oh, Notre Dame, no. no. Yeah, there's rumors Luke Fickle, whatever. But if I'm if I'm the athletic director, I'm calling LSU's AD and getting a home and home right now. 
And yeah. I'm saying I will pay the I will pay out the ass for week one home and home yeah. because I know my boys want to destroy you. Yeah. And we'll go to LSU first. We'll go to Death Valley. Or we can do a neutral neutral. But I want to get you two years in a row just to prove what these kids deserve to do to you. Like it you, was You know what's really disgusting. messed up too? In in addition to that. They have they have recruiting coaches out on the road. Yes. Meeting with recruits and he didn't even tell them. And they're kicking him out of their houses. Did you hear the story? I mean, the, play, I just the players the go, is, is Brian Kelly still the head coach? And these yes. guys had no idea. I, and, and it's crazy. It's it's absolutely Such crazy. But there was a story that the, uh, the, the running backs coach, I forget his name, got literally, he was in a meeting with the family. And they kicked him out because of the news that just came over the TV. Right. <laughs> like, and he had no clue. Oh, man. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. But, um... Let's just talk a little bit about, like, so Brian Kelly gets owned by the SEC. Mm-hmm. And I told you this off air before. Alabama and Georgia have dominated him. They did beat Georgia a couple years ago. No, they, they, they lost. They're 0-2 against Georgia under Brian they, Kelly. They did a home-and-home. Home. Home, I thought. They did a home-and-home. Home. Are you Georgia, sure about Georgia that? went in and beat him. And then okay. they did. A, and they it was a low, it was a low score. It was like thirteen to ten. It was very low, and Georgia beat them by a one handed catch in the end zone at the end of the game. Okay. So it was a close game, but still, Smart is two and zero against Brian Kelly um, in his tenure. And they did when they did the home and home, and they they won at at Athens, and then they won in um, was it Ann Arbor? No, it's not Ann Arbor. It's no, it's South Bend. South Bend, yeah. Um, which is a really beautiful stadium, by the way. But so there's already been 40 commits uh, that's happened from Notre Dame, which I'm not surprised. They're they they had the the third best recruiting class. Like they're they're gonna drop. So A and M is like licking their chops to probably get some of their recruits. But my point is like if you they're not. It's not like they're not getting these four and five star guys. They they never struggled getting those players. Mm-hmm. And everybody's making the excuse. Well, this gives him a chance to get his. Including me, and then I realized it was just stupid coming out of my mouth. But this gives him a chance to get his own guys, and he can focus on non-academic stuff. No, you still have to be academically sound, you know, and eligible to play. But obviously, Notre Dame is, has higher academic standards. But you're still getting four and five star kids. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're still getting Ian books. You're still getting the um, the tight end. I forget his name. That's skipping Mayor. Yeah, yeah, Mayor. Um, you're still getting very good alignment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though Quentin Nelson was the last alignment taken in the first round, that's okay though. The point is, you're still getting really good players. The same thing is going to happen at LSU. You think that you're going to be able to pull so the same recruits to LSU and not have the same results? It's the coaching staff. It's not. Yeah. It's all on Kelly for not developing these kids. Yeah, his style is the problem. Yeah, I and think. He's, that's what you're saying. And and uh, the other argument I've heard is, well, he's going to LSU because. He doesn't feel like he has the same opportunity to compete for a championship at Notre Dame. It's like they were in the national championship game against Alabama. Notre Dame benefits from the logo. Right. We've said this multiple they, times. They have a, they have a real shot at making the playoffs this year. They, they really do. They're sitting it not without a coach. There ain't no way they had they committed oh, okay, to put a coachless. And this is good. this might spark off an entirely different there commentary no here. But I heard that statement that no the, the idea from from Barta. Um, the the college football playoff committee uh, chairman basically that that they'll in, you know they'll they'll dock Notre Dame because they're not going to be as good without their coach and this gets right to the heart of the debate you and I have had about the rankings Notre Dame does and not it's, deserve to be in the playoffs it's do do the four teams that are most deserving go or do you put who you think the four best teams are well 
Is Notre Dame among the four best teams? If if Oklahoma State loses, Michigan loses, and Alabama loses, yes, they are. Man. Well, if Okie State loses, they're at five, so they're not even in. So they could – yeah, Notre Dame will jump them. Yeah, but Michigan and but Alabama lose. lose. Yeah, so they would have Georgia. You'd have Georgia, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and then probably Notre Dame. And then Ohio State. And Ohio, Ohio State's back in the mix. Probably. You would put them back in. A two-loss team. Two-loss team, yeah. Over, they're the best two-loss team. one-loss team. Okay, so then. We're one-loss team. Uh, well, Okie State and all, they would have one. They would have two Michigan losses. Michigan would have two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're so, right. I mean, it's, it's a real possibility Notre Dame could make it. And they don't deserve it. I don't. I I don't understand. As a Georgia fan, I want that to happen because I know that Notre Dame folds and they would fold again. I think that, of course, of course, I agree with you on that. But I think that goes to your storyline you're talking about about him being a douchebag. Is like <laughs> your team still could potentially make the playoff, and you're still this, leaving. This is an odd. Yeah. Like, so like at least at least like so if Lincoln Riley was say they were ranked where Okie State was. If you're Lincoln Riley, you're saying, okay, guys, I'm going to take this deal, but I want to wait and see where Oklahoma finishes. If we have the playoffs, I kind of want my mind focused on that. And do you think you would get more respect from the athletic director and the boosters saying, I really will take this deal. Like, I will put it in writing for you that I'm going to take this deal, but I'm not going to sign the deal until after the playoffs. Right. And we're going to do our best, all of us, to win a championship. But this, the committee has proven that they're just, they're all over the place. Yeah. They're not going to put in a coachless team. They won't. Well, they have. So, Marcus Freeman. And you can't lose. You can't barely beat Toledo and Florida State and still be considered in the top four with one loss. I know. I don't care that uh, Bama would have two losses at that point. Bama would get in if Cincy and Michigan and Okie State took a loss. Notre or Dame Michigan has, and Okie State and they took a loss. They Notre Dame has win. the best loss of any of the teams. Yeah, Cincinnati. I mean, I think that's worth something. No, agreed, 100%, because they're in the top four, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't think was ever going to happen. I, didn't, I, was, I thought Cincinnati would be, have to luck out. I thought they would have to wait until the loser. I thought they were going to do Georgia 1, Bama 2, Michigan 3, Ohio State 4 uh, this last week. I really thought they were going to do that. Or they were going to put Okie State at 4, and they were going to put Cincy at, f- at 5 and Notre Dame at 6. Yeah. And I was like, well, so they basically saying, Cincinnati, you have to get lucky again. Well, I'll tell you, don't uh, Notre Dame won't jump Cincinnati if they go undefeated. But you know who might? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, I think, is going to If jump they in. beat Baylor, the committee might jump them ahead That's of That's why Cincinnati. everybody's rooting for Georgia to beat Bama, because they want new blood. They want new blood, obviously. But if you're an SEC, SEC fan, you want both of those schools in, regardless. But then it's like, well, where do you put them? And we can do it. We'll do another short on that, because the rankings came out. In well, just real quick, any, any names come to mind for the Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, Luke Fickle, Jeff Brom from Purdue. Jeff Brom, I think, is actually more... More of a Notre Dame style coach, like Purdue yeah. itself is a very, it's also pretty academic, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's able to develop some of these three and two star guys that he gets. I think if you're Notre Dame, you're looking at him, and obviously you benefit from the logo. It's Notre Dame. If they're knocking on your door, you're gonna answer it. Yeah. If you have a new head coach, obviously uh, you can consider maybe or maybe Urban Meyer. But I I thought yeah, Urban he, Meyer was going to Florida. Yeah, his name gets tossed <laughs> around a bunch, but. Any any names that come to your mind for USC? Uh, well, uh, you mean for Oklahoma? Or for Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Stoops is coaching the bowl game, so that basically says he's going to be the next head coach. Can you believe that? If no. that was to happen, no, I they're, 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 I just know that they're going to do it. 
I, why else would you? Why? What? You're gonna make a phone call to, to one of the greatest Oklahoma coaches, yeah. and then you're gonna say, "We just want you for one game uh, with players you don't know." I, I can't, no, you're. you're I can't you're believe they're not having like Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator, somebody who at least knows the kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're bringing in a dude who's been an announcer. On, like I mean, he doesn't know anybody. There's no camaraderie there. I'll tell you one name I was thinking about, but it's he's off the table because he got an extension, yeah. but it's Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops, his brother. He's yeah. had the brothers coach. I actually thought that the Stoops brothers were going to recon- reconnect after Mark got the extension from Kentucky, which is in oh. works right now. Uh-huh. I thought that Bob was going to come over and be his OC. I mean, Bob, say what you want. Bob is a very good offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a very good offensive-minded coach. I think he's taking, uh, he'll take a two-year deal knowing that Oklahoma will be good, and I think he's got his eyes set on the NFL. I think he does. It's interesting because Oklahoma is hemorrhaging players to the transfer portal and recruits right now. So is Tennessee. And Josh Heupel might say what you want. He's done a very good job with the limited players he's had. Mm -hmm. And if you're Notre Dame, you're taking a long look at Josh Heupel. And you're saying, all right, this guy has basically made – um, chicken salad with chicken shit. Mm-hmm. I really like that. You know what I mean? And he was coach at US, UCF before that. Exactly. But he, in college, he played quarterback at Oklahoma. He did. So I think him and then, not a lot of people remember, but the defensive coordinator for so long, I remember because they used to kick the crap out of Colorado all the time, <laughs> Brent Venables, yeah. who's been the defensive coordinator for Dabo Sweeney the last several years, won a couple of championships. I mean, he may be a legit candidate And as don't well. count out Luke Fickle. Like, no. I, I mean, and folks, we're, we're saying coaches that currently have jobs because we've seen the trend. Play, a lot of colleges are going after coaches that have currently currently have jobs. You know what I mean? So it's right. like, it's just one of those things. That's why we're bringing it up. But um, real quick, I just want to get into the notable extensions, then we'll kind of wrap it up here. So Mark Stoops is, like we talked about, is potentially getting a extension from Kentucky. P.J. Fleck is going to get one through 2028 from Minnesota. Mike Gundy. Is in the talks. Uh, I, I think no, that was Mark Soup's twittering that he's got a big one on the way. He was fishing, which I thought was funny. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Gundy, they basically gave him the keys to the castle. I think they he said you're a coach as long as you want to be. Yeah, a coach. which is amazing. Good for him. Good for him. Well, he's, well he's a man and he's forty after. <laughs> he's a man. <laughs> he was forty. Well, he was forty. Now he's like eighty. No, I'm kidding. But he's got a very good defense. James Franklin got the ten-year, seventy-five million-dollar contract, and then uh, Wake Forest uh, Dave, extended Dave Clawson because. He, he deserved it. I mean, no one saw him. They, they took the loss of Clemson, right? Yeah, no, uh, no, no, they beat him. They yeah, beat him. Yeah, him. Cool. Sam Hartman. That's an extension. They're, they're playing for a Sam championship. Hartman. Sam Hartman. Yeah, keep an eye on him. We, we highlighted him as well. Um, But this, I just wonder what the extension that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are going to get. 20 million. Anyway, <laughs> all right. This is in the fan section short. Thank you all so much for listening. That is Tyson. I'm Alan, and we are out.